Welcome to Season 2 of the Shopstool Podcast, a podcast for woodworkers and the maker community in general. With Joey Chalk from King Post Timberworks, Brian Cush from Sawdust Bureau, and Robin Lewis from Robin Lewis Makes. Hi everyone, I hope you're all very well. This is Episode 22, Season 2 of the Shopstool Podcast. As always, I want to start by introducing my two co-hosts. Joey, how are you today? Yeah, good, Robin. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. And Brian, how are you? I'm excellent, Roland. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. And my name is Robin Lewis. Welcome to the show, everyone. So today we've got another guest on the show. Well, in fact, it's actually two, all the way from Bloomington, Indiana, in the U.S. They've been in the furniture-making business since 2012. Um, Between the two of them, there's enough design and manufacturing skill to start a small army. And the products that they're putting out are pretty spectacular. So a very big welcome to Audie and Ivy from COC. Thanks very much for being on the show today. How are you both? We're great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, cool. So we're very interested to hear your story. Um, Brian put us in, you know, uh, joined all the dots for all of us to come together to um, sort of hear how you got started and, and you know, every, everything that's led up to this point. So I guess that's a good place for us to start. So for anyone who doesn't know you, I mean, you have a huge following on Instagram. You know, your website's fantastic. You know, plenty of products. But for anyone who doesn't know you, um, how did you guys get started and, and get to this point? All right. Do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, here we go. Uh, so <laughs> I was... I started an MFA program in Bloomington, Indiana in 2009, right? 2009? Yes. And then Ivy and I met in 2010, and I finished the program uh, in 2012. So after going through grad school, I have an MFA in photography, and I was like, you know what? Academia isn't really what, it's not really my passion. Teaching isn't my passion, and we didn't really want to do the whole adjunct professor thing where like we'd spend a year in Alabama and then Ivy's just stuck like kind of following me everywhere for sort of like tricky jobs, you know, to maintain. So we thought about something that maybe we could collaborate on because we both have backgrounds in art and thought maybe um, starting a business would, would be a really great next step. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I took a woodworking course in grad school, so that's how mm. much experience I had. It was wow. it was like an eight-week course where you make one thing. You know, I made myself a little dining table, and then... I think it's worth mentioning, too, that uh, Audie's thesis show, um, we made all the frames for that, and uh, that's sort of how we started our tool collection. It was an excuse to buy some just basic at-home shop kind of tools. A uh, couple drills, a uh, chop saw, and then we used a buddy's uh, table saw to make those frames. And uh, yeah, it worked out really well. We we worked pretty seamlessly together on that, and um, the frames turned out great. Uh, they're really odd sizes, so they were panoramics, uh, and uh, probably most of them are on the scale of like six feet by a foot or I mean, so they had, you know they had to be custom and yeah that was important to us and so yeah we worked really well together and we were like maybe there's something here we both like 
working with our hands and making art is a requirement. So what, how can we turn that into a business? Yeah. And it, it actually started where we thought maybe we would, um, start a fabrication business, uh, more along the lines of exhibitions and, uh, kind of helping artists see through their, their visions. Uh, and then we realized that we're our artist egos are too big to <laughs> someone else, so we thought we'd see our own venture through. So, Audie, you're, you've kind of explained the woodworking part where you had some, some small amount of training. Ivy, from what I can gather, you are the metal worker. Yes. And so did that come before or after your, did you have some experience in metalworking or did you just decide yeah. we need to be able to weld some stuff? <laughs> no, I have experience in it. Um, when I was in college, I was studying sculpture and had kind of taken it upon myself to learn welding for those purposes. Um, so really messy, just metal glue and stuff together. <laughs> uh, and then after college and after living for a while, I... I went back to trade school um, for classic automotive restoration, and that's where I honed my my welding skills and metalworking skills. Um, and yeah, they, it turned out useful. <laughs> I guess there'd be a massive design element in that as well. That oh, sort of, yeah. from an automotive perspective, you are. You know, I mean, is that was it? Uh, for a course like that, are you restoring towards something or are you given a lot of creative license? You know, are you taught to consider a, design in your process? Yeah, there was both actually involved um, in it, in that course. Um, and I, I think just the appreciation for cars and, and the work that's that's gone into the classic cars. So uh, we never worked on anything, I'd say, younger than the, the 70s. Um, mm. So really nice classic vehicles, um, and there's yeah there's just so much appreciation for uh, times past metalworking. But um, she also in that during that coursework she reupholstered her car seats too. She did like denim and uh, white vinyl. Oh wow! Like it sounds yeah. like a little weird, but it was really beautiful. Like yeah, it was so cool. nicely done. Yeah, the classy. combo was incredible. <laughs> So you, can, so you can do woodwork, metalwork, and upholster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the wow, list goes on. She yeah. can that's, that's the trifecta Home building, right uh, tr- you know, trim work in houses. Like, seriously, anything. She has a brain where, like, sh- she just has the ability to do a bit of research and figure it out. That's just how Ivy works. So she's pretty important to this team. So you, you, guys, you guys don't outsource any of your... Um, process at all your finishing or anything it's all done in house uh, powder coating powder coating is one thing powder coating, yeah. and then occasionally we need some metal bent like in a kind of an intense way yeah. and and so yeah that's every once in a while we'll hire some muscle to help us move a big <laughs> yeah i'm so tired <laughs> of move a big stuff. thing somewhere <laughs> but uh yeah some some of those slab tables that you guys do must weigh Pretty close to a ton, right? Yeah, they're massive. It's 
we awesome. about a couple of years ago we bought a lift like an electric hoist in the shop and that just has been saving our bodies we used to have like shoulder injuries all the time and it just it was way too much and that hoist has has been a really great addition do you use that to also flip the tables as well like mm-hmm. while you're working yeah, yeah. Okay, it's the flipping cool. that gets you yep yeah i've thought about mm-hmm. doing something similar up top of me yet to get right. Yeah, because you got some nice rafters up there, uh, Brian. Yeah. I can see them, yeah. 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 One day. What's, what size workshop uh, have you girls got? It's uh, the one that we have right now. We're, we're planning on building one. Uh, we should break ground early June. Um, and that, that'll be 3,500 square feet. But the one we're in now is it's a bit spread out and big for us. It's 4,550 square feet mm-hmm. it's actually too big but it's difficult to find like light industrial um spaces in bloomington i think it's it's uh something around the world we've talked to, about before and um i think m- myself and brian are both incredibly lucky to have uh, workshops that are about the right size my one comes out at i think uh, uh, an american speak what's that two thousand square feet Um, so it's it's right in that kind of mid decent size range Um, but there's there's almost nothing that size around so so four and a half thousand square feet is about 400 square meters is that right uh yeah yep that's That's, very nice that's huge it just means you collect more shit (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just a big box it's there's no charm brian's shop is a dream yeah yeah uh, it hasn't got too much charm this morning. It's about four degrees. It's freezing. <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys you guys get bigger extremes there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they, I don't think there's a single person out there who would argue about a shop too big. So yeah. Yeah. That sounds pre- pretty exciting. And it's amazing how quickly you just grow out of it. My oh, my yeah. shop is uh, nine meters by six meters. So. Joey, you can help me out with the math there. Nope, I'm okay, that size. <laughs> and um, when I moved, when I moved everything in here, I thought this is huge. This is more than enough space. I'm never gonna. This is this is a home workshop, and it took me two years, and I'm I'm starting to feel the pinch now. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm having to yeah. reorganize, and I think it's just a you're just always chasing your tail with it. Definitely, and it also we we have like so woodworking is the majority of it, and then. We have a photo studio and a metal studio, so it's sort of in this quadrant, kind of big open space mm-hmm. in the middle to move things around. But yeah, there's we're we're very lucky to have uh, the amount of room that we have. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, there's nine motorcycles in there as well. And <laughs> <laughs> right. is that is that the stuff you were talking about collecting with all that space? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's my vice. Not that that's shit. But yeah. <laughs> a couple of them might be. Oh, a couple of them are total shit. So, Brian, where did you... Um, how did the meet happen? How do you... Or how um, do all three of you know each other? It happens through Like Butter, who are a Melbourne furniture company. I think they've just relocated up to uh, country Victoria. But they used to be my landlords. Um, I don't know how they got in touch with you. Probably just through Instagram, like a random, Instagram. Yeah, random connection mm-hmm. through there. And uh, the girls were visiting... Australia, and they wanted to come see the shop, so I don't know. They just dropped in, and we hung out for an afternoon. So yeah. you've actually seen his Brian shop in person? 
Yes. Yeah, they came out on a lovely summer's day. It was. It was most beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It honestly always looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite things when I go traveling to sort of drop in and see other makers' setups as well. So when people come this way, I always like to open it up for them. Um, but yeah, I've always, I've always really enjoyed hearing different perspectives on woodwork as well. And I think meeting women who are in the industry is a really important thing. I think you guys are probably our fe- first female guests on it, on the show. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always had female interns working in my shop. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just it gives a different vibe and you get different approaches to work. and um, Yeah, so, I don't know. I just thought it might be interesting to have you guys on the show. Like, we've never really had that many people from a fine arts background. I think we've either had trade backgrounds or engineering backgrounds. We had Neil from South mm-hmm. Carolina, who's uh, product design engineering. And, yeah, I just... I've always really liked the way you guys do contemporary work, but it's in an aesthetic that, especially an American audience, can understand, you know, like slab furniture in Australia is not really a big thing. It sort of died out a bit, and it felt a little bit pastiche. And in America, it's still huge, but you guys have found a way to do it in a really modern and contemporary way that I absolutely love. And the way you photograph your work and brand it, I think, is, is really unique. I'm really interested to hear how you went from moderate woodwork training and um, yeah knowledge, I suppose, and then you go f- and then you go to taking presumably you're taking orders from clients at some point, and w- what that step that really I remember when I first kind of said I'm a furniture maker that I was super nervous because I didn't know how to actually make everything. I had no idea. And is how did you go from like, <laughs> oh my God, people are taking money or paying money and, and we have to provide them with a thing that we've never made before. Yeah. That's exactly how we started. <laughs> I mean, yeah. one of the, I just figured it out. One of our yeah. first, very first projects in our first shop that was, um, it was like 300 square feet. Uh, very small uh, in this huge old work uh, warehouse. But anyway, one of our first, very first projects was a 10 by 5 conference table. Hmm. And the, <laughs> we just, we just kind of smiled and nodded and You're like, yeah, sure, that took the money great. and <laughs> bought the timber and uh, went at it. Was that a slab yeah. piece or was that? No. No. No, no it was a. Okay. And at the time, we were buying kiln-dried lumber from Mickey, which was this old guy <laughs> half hour out of town. <laughs> so we would just we would drive to Mickey. Just whatever he had is the only choice we had. But he only charged like a dollar a board foot for anything. <laughs> wow. For anything, didn't I mean, he would maybe charge a little bit more for walnut, you know. But uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, but and so we would just spend, load up the truck. Yeah, we'd spend all day digging through these piles because they were literally piles. I mean, I think maybe some things were stickered, but um, we were just dealing with these wonky boards. We didn't even have a joiner, so we were joining everything on the table saw with yeah. a jig. I mean, it was a nightmare, but. Uh, I think it made us really good at woodworking. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. It means that you're constantly problem solving right from the start. Yeah. Rather than having all the machinery and then not knowing how to approach things from a different perspective. Yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's really vital that people learn like that. I'm, 
the conference table table still stands. It's still so there. Still. I think it's fine. Still you know? looks great. Yeah. I have no clue how we made that glue up work. I don't either. Um, but, no but we did. We did, you know. It's like kind of you, you look back on something and you're like, I have no idea how we did that given the circumstances. But um, it, it works out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and it's a really interesting question because we have a lot of people listening to the show who are in that transition phase. They've either just gone through it or they're, they're looking to do it. And it's that step. We've talked about it so many times on the show before. What is that step? Is it a mental step from I'm doing this as a hobby to now I'm doing it as a, as a job? Or is it something that's very much based on luck? I mean, that first job of yours, mm-hmm. how did you go about Did that fall into your lap or did you actively go after it? Uh, it fell into our lap. Uh, there's a local... Um, record label in town and uh, they have a couple of offices in town and they're it's mostly the the guys that are in charge of it um, they're old friends with my sister yeah you know they're just so they're like old buddies and a little bit older than us um, just in their 40s and uh, I think they were just so excited about what we were trying and doing and uh they trusted us right i think they also saw it as an opportunity to have these custom made desks for probably like much less money than they they would normally they knew what they were doing we were just getting started they understand stood that we understood that and so our prices were were very reasonable and um but that really gave us a lot of momentum um locally but also just it sort of helped us build our portfolio as well, and that was extremely valuable at the time. Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing. We've talked about it before is, is when you try and make that transition, how do you have, how do you fill up your portfolio with things that you have done or know how to do? It's very hard to fill those blank spaces. And um, taking, taking an opportunity like that, that a friend of a friend is something I've always talked a lot about, is um, ask friends of your friends of your friends you know what can you make them for almost nothing just so Mm -hmm. you have the chance to use your designing muscles and and just come up with something yeah it's a good a good foot in the door just to get something to photograph and i I mean i'd like to add to that there's always like a little bit of luck but mainly Mm -hmm. you have to in my opinion (laughs) You have to love what you're doing, you have to be willing to work all the time, and you have to be willing to work a whole lot for very little money. And you have to be willing to do that for a long amount of time um, in order to kind of get over that hump and uh, to have to be a little bit more comfortable. To be able to face the next hump, because it is, I mean, you know, it's the ebb and flow, it's real. Yeah, It's a roller coaster. What was the timing between that first job and then the next one? Because obviously, yeah, it, those, those gaps get bigger. Well, should get smaller and smaller, but in the early days, they're really big. Well, I mean, we sold stuff on Etsy at the time. And uh, oh. people would find us, find our website. But, I mean, I think a lot of our, our success came from timing, uh, which is a little different from luck, but not, not entirely different um but yeah it was in a time when you could still you could still sell on etsy um it was easier for people to find you 
um, Etsy now. We don't sell on Etsy anymore. It's become oversaturated with um, just regular goods. Um, and then good, also, there's still good stuff on Etsy, but oh yeah, it's uh, hard we, we were never great at like navigating. Uh, they, we were never great at navigating that website and building the community within that website. I'll say that. Right. But we also uh, were early to Instagram um, and were able to uh, really be around at the start of the woodworking community on Instagram, which you know is, is very supportive and um, encouraging. And it was still in a time when people were now looking to shop through Instagram as well. Um, and after that, it's just branding, um, continuing business. Uh, gosh, I mean, that's, that's a huge part of it. And that's where uh, I'm so thankful for Audie because she's much more the businesswoman than I am. Uh, I never know what time it is. I never look at my emails. I literally have one of those phones where <laughs> it says I have, uh, I think it's even stopped counting now, but I have 5,000, <laughs> over 5,000 unread emails. <laughs> and I can't stand that red I was, I was just about to I'm say like, that, I'm at zero that me. always. Yeah. 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 It drives me nuts. <laughs> Don't even yeah. care. <laughs> that, that's crazy. I couldn't do that. Uh, so when it, when it comes to the design of your pieces, are they all a collaboration, or are some of them like one of you or the other? Uh, I'd say they're all a collaboration because uh, we both either need. I usually need to be reeled in, and Audie usually. There's a good idea in there somewhere, but it's uh, maybe not in. The, the right um, vein or something, or you misheard something. I So I like to hear a client uh, talk about a need, and then I get ideas immediately. And I think Audie usually is so concerned with the business aspects of when we're meeting with a client um, that... The vision isn't quite as clear, but then she comes back with actually what needs to be addressed. <laughs> but I don't, it's not immediate. I need to like sleep three yeah. nights. <laughs> I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, okay, I think this is what they want. What do you think, Ivy? Um, but that's custom work as far as just like coming up with a new piece. Um, sometimes it's totally collaborative and sometimes it's just something that I really want to make. But throughout the process, I will be asking Ivy how she feels about certain angles or materials or whatever. So it is all a collaboration, but sometimes one of us will, will take the lead on something. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all really organic. In that sense, you're quite lucky that you're having, you've got, always got someone there to bounce ideas mm. off who are in, yeah. the, in that same mind, uh, mind frame because I think almost all, most furniture makers are guys by themselves in the workshop for most of the time and it's and you, I certainly always find myself second guessing whether I should have made that decision or not but it's too late and I've cut it and I don't have anyone <laughs> to bounce the idea off yeah. and having someone there would be such a big help 
Yeah, well, I mean, this video thing works really well. Our, our, our consultation fee is really reasonable, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of the real positive things of Instagram is that it allows one person's shops to connect and get a little bit more critical feedback. It's obviously, people aren't going to be massively critical on your feed, yeah. but I find that I'll message people directly to ask them questions or if I've got some feedback for them. Um, I think it is a really helpful thing that just helps you expand beyond just your yourself banging ahead against your workbench. Yeah. Can I ask you? Can I ask you guys? Do you have a favorite piece? Do you, do you have a have a particular piece of yours that you that you think represents you really well that people can look up? Uh, I think one of our most recent slab tables. It's the ground table. It's a a walnut slab, and then the the base is kind of more of a mid century modern base, all in, also in walnut. And uh, I just think it's it's such a lovely, pretty cool. graceful piece. We're lucky enough that it's still in town, so we get to... And we love these people, so we still get to eat at it. Yeah. It has, like, these big, beefy legs. It's this huge glue-up, but then we tapered it down. And we do so much, like, hand-shaping and hand-grinding that... This this drives most woodworkers crazy, but each leg is slightly different. You know? It's like... uh, It's a little bit more organic, you know? And, And that's what we really like to do. We're not... We're not going for perfection. I would say we're going more for like finesse and a, like a feeling. That's cool. I think it depends on where you are in your woodworking journey because I think a lot of us start with all four legs being different just by virtue of the fact that that's how it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. Then you, and then you, work, notice, out, then right? you work out who to get it, how to get it perfect and then you decide that you don't mm. want them perfect and you go backwards <laughs> and you're like, no, I'll have a bit, yeah. of, a bit of variance in them. That's where we are, right? <laughs> <laughs> And Audie, how, how about you, Audie? What's your, what's your top? I'm, I'm obsessed with milk stools. I want to make them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and each one is different because I can't follow a pattern um, at all. And uh, I just love them. It's fun. I hand shape everything. I get, I get real nerdy with all the details. It's, it's just a good time. So are you making like a, like a traditional where the leg comes right through the top? So you've got three legs... And they're going right through the top. And so how are you going about drilling that angle? You know, everyone has different ways of having mirrors and lasers and things. Yeah, um, I, I'm a little bit more organic with that kind of... Well, you, we use our, our drill press um, okay. and set the angle up there. Right. Um, and series of lines and, like, what is called geometry, but for me yeah. it's just <laughs> using a compass, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. And then each one's a little different because I feel like I'm still trying to figure out that perfect angle, you know, for right. that piece that I will eventually make, you know, a hundred of or whatever. Um, but I think the last one got me pretty close with being happy with the angle. So, uh, That's cool. yeah, at this point, they're just like fun little projects. It's not, it doesn't make us money. It's just um, mm. fun. Talking about the, the slab tables, I wanted to ask about that critical mess dining table yeah that's one of my favorites with the legs right so i had a look at the way those legs work and i can't figure out what's <laughs> yeah. stopping that table from just falling over from racking yeah how how is that held in place uh 
<laughs> maybe maybe just maybe describe the legs like what they yeah, are and it's probably good how idea. to people um, sure so we made a uh, a wood uh, replica of, of what we a mold pattern a yeah. pattern for what we want the legs to be and then we had that cast in sand and then uh, aluminum and so they're all solid they're solid oh wait I love to say it uh, in Australian, aluminium. <laughs> <That's the one. laughs> aluminium. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, <laughs> Bottle <of. laughs> um, We loved Australia so much. I oh, can't wait to come back. But uh, so yeah, it's cast in aluminum, and then uh, there's certain holes in the underside that are drilled out in this little flange that comes out uh, within the leg and then it bites into the table on both sides uh, by quite a bit so there's a kind of a a double mortise uh, that comes in there and bites into it on both sides and then so in order to to work out like that, that mortise and that fastening tightness, we rat out the top, you know, and then rat out the bottom, and then it just slides in there just perfectly. And then there are a couple of screws that just make sure everything's nice and tight from the bottom that you don't see. Yeah, so it's like a, so, a Maloof joint on a on a Maloof. A little bit, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great comparison. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. So the top is uh, mortised in probably. At, at least three quarters of an inch. About something like that. And then the bulk is inside the mouth of the, the leg itself. And then the bottom is mortised in probably another at least... Quarter of an inch. It's kind of shallow on the bottom. Was it? I was thinking more of half an inch. But, but anyway, it, it's they're solid. I mean, they're... And the legs themselves, you think aluminum uh, might be a little bit lighter... Um, but it, they're, each leg is probably about 20 pounds. Yeah, not when they're solid like that. They'd yeah. be pretty, pretty hefty, yeah. Yeah. It's just such a great table. So uh, it's really hard to explain this to everyone who's listening because it's right. the, just the way it attaches. But if you, if you get a chance, have a look at this table because to me, you know, just from the outside, it looks like you've got a slab sitting on four legs that aren't, you know, the joinery was completely minimal. And mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it just looks fantastic the way it's been done. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We'll have to take a picture of the underside flange. I probably have some images yeah. somewhere. I think, they're, yeah. I think they might be on the website, maybe, if you, Are well, they? people can Right, people can okay, maybe I missed that one. Yeah, maybe I missed that particular one, because I scanned through them, and I just couldn't, couldn't figure it out. So as we've been talking, I've, I've, it's kind of really only just dawned on me that you're a two female woodworker creating designing people who are working in an almost entirely male um, industry which is annoying um, <laughs> so sure so a couple, I guess there's two questions how are you received um, and and um, do you find that there's a whole other clientele that would prefer working with you guys other than dirty old guys <laughs> You guys aren't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Joy. <laughs> I'd say it's a it's a fifty fifty split 
down the middle for me. Uh, sometimes I think because we're women, we're not given that automatic authority that, or just a, a place of confidence for people that oh, because we're women, we must not know as much as the guy next to us. Um, right off the bat without knowing us at all, like if we walk into a hardware store or, or whatnot. Um, and I'm sure that that translates over to some of our customers. It also doesn't help that Ivy looks like she's 15 years old. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Ivy's five feet tall, and she looks like she's 16, but she's actually almost 37. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but I, I would, like, I think, for the most part, it's sort of impossible to say if it's helped us or hurt us. I think... I just, I don't really know how to answer that. I think a lot of people, you know, have that respect there, and they're like, oh, man, these ladies are really doing some interesting stuff. Um, yeah, it's kind of an impossible question. I, I wouldn't know how to really quantify it, but I think there is like kind of like a, especially when we started, we still looked really young, and we were still learning, and so you know, automatic respect wasn't necessarily there. Um, but we've really worked for that respect, and so I think that's less of an issue now, without a doubt, yeah. you know. Um, and I, I think it's changing, you know. It, it's rapidly, it seems like. Uh, women are gaining a lot more visibility within the field, and um, it's, it's great. I mean... Yeah, we were a part of an all-women woodworking show in Philadelphia um, this past fall. The first all work, all women working, all women woodworking show since 1983, which is both of our birth years. So, uh, wow, it felt really, really amazing. And uh, Mira Nakashima, George's daughter, had a piece in there, and I just it was a, a an area that's really rich in in wood and woodworking. Mm-hmm. Also, so it, it just felt really special and. Um, one of the people, one of the curators is the dean of the College of the Redwoods, which is now the James Krenoff School in California. So it, it felt really nice to be it included. It felt very in powerful. It. Yeah. Yeah, it, really it was pretty did. cool. Yeah, really neat. So it's changing. There, there are so many women woodworkers around, and Instagram is helping that too, you know. We're also really lucky to live in Bloomington, uh, which also is home to the great legend Nancy Hiller. Yeah, she's a badass. Y'all should look. Do you guys know who that is? No, no, I don't. Nancy a, Hiller. Yeah. Nancy Hiller. Yeah. She does more like period work. It's nuts. Yeah. Okay, so check it out. Yeah, she's super cool. She's, she's still studied. she's still working. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She yeah. she does a lot of writing for fine woodworking. Oh, okay. Well, all of the magazines, really, and then and then she writes books too. Yeah, she's, like she's kind of a total prolific badass. author. Um, well, yeah, and really classically trained. I think she trained in Oxford, something like that. Um, Unlike us, where we just like had no clue what the hell we were doing, but figured it out. <laughs> Wing it. <laughs> Can I ask you in in terms of working in America? Um, your work goes all across the states, or do you find that it's mainly to a local area, or is it going more to bigger cities, or like who who's buying your work? Uh, 
New York mainly. New York? Um, mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Was it through one particular job or is it the type of marketing I strategy think, you've employed? Yeah, I think we've gained uh, enough notoriety to where um, New Yorkers know about us, but we're still a really good bargain for them, which is kind of wild. But um, I think, too, just like our, our style and who we are, you know, I think... Um, a lot of people want to really think about who they're buying their work from. You know, if they're going to spend $10,000, $20,000 on a piece or a few pieces, they, they want to make sure that they're uh, buying from someone who they, I don't know, who they want to give their money to. And that's what Instagram really does for us is it's, it allows people to get to know us a little bit. And um, it's, it's extremely uh, valuable for mm-hmm. us. And with my background in photography, it's totally second nature to me. It's just... I'd be doing it anyway. I have fun with it, and uh, hopefully that comes through, and that's kind of what people are responding to. Yeah. I think you can I, definitely tell that you have fun with it. Yeah, cool. Good. <laughs> I think the nature of our work as well, like it speaks to people who, um, you know, they want a story sort of that goes along with their piece, and they want more of a personal connection with who they're buying it from, not just a store. And uh, we definitely provide that. You know, there's throughout the buying process, um, uh, I'll say Adi mostly. <laughs> I, I chime in on emails every once in a while. Um, but Doesn't let's be real. Like but let's be real. <laughs> I will communicate with someone for like a, a slab table. Um, there can be a hundred emails going back and forth yeah. by the time we, we finish and deliver. Um, so we're really invested in, in who we're making work for. So it's, it's yeah. It, yeah. And then those people become buddies. Like we have some local clients where we get to go see our slab tables all the time because we're, we hang out for dinner yeah, all the time. Not right now, unfortunately. <laughs> we miss them a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty, we got a cool thing going. I don't exactly yeah. understand how this all happened. You know, as far as, like, the friendship thing and making it, like, really kind of personal. But that is what has happened. Particularly with the slab tables, there's so much communication that goes back and forth. And by the time it's time to deliver, we really like to deliver in person. One, because uh, we'd like to see that the piece gets there safe. And uh, it's also just much more economical for us to deliver it ourselves and... Yeah, by then we're really excited to meet these people. And they usually feed us. Yeah, we <laughs> always get a free meal. <laughs> hey, you know, they never turn down a Probably free meal. Probably a beer, too. <laughs> <laughs> Given that there's always two of you in the workshop, um, do you, are you working on one piece at a time? And you've got a lot of space, so you would think you'll have, you've got multiple pieces on the go all the time? Or how, how does that workflow kind of work for you guys? We work on opposite sides of the shop most of the time. On opposite we, jobs? Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, I okay. mean, at any time. It's just like a, like your workshops, I'm sure. There's about 1,700 unfinished projects, um, <laughs> two, two things in queue, uh, four things on the back burner, uh, you know, a number of Goodness. things yeah. that... I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. That's a real issue. <laughs> <laughs> Motorcycle work. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we work really differently. And we tend to gravitate towards different projects. So we get focused in on what we're doing. But there might be a point where, like, I'm, I've sort of had it with a project. And I'm like, all right, Ivy, will you, will you just take over? Because I'm over it. And <laughs> so that really comes in handy. It's pretty amazing yep. to be able to do that. And we do that for, for each other yeah. to a degree. It's also really nice to, like, um, you know, the inevitable mistakes that you make. And you just have had it. Um, we'll fix each other's mistakes sometimes so that's yeah. that's nice it's that's nice like to have to deal with your own shit yeah a little bit <laughs> like, can you just fix this please <laughs> it's um, quite strange just the whole dynamic is just so completely different you know to the majority of our listeners this is just something completely and, and, and you both presumably I, I want somebody to fix my mistakes <laughs> right? Would it be nice to just come back to it and it's all looks great? Like whatever you did to it never happened. <laughs> and you both presumably get on quite well as well. There's no argy bargy. Um only during glue ups. Only during glue ups. Yeah, like uh sometime we've started to uh precede our glue ups by saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry if I'm about to be an asshole to you. Um <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But there's a there's an understanding. It's it's okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right. I reckon we, we'll leave the show there because we've about to hit the time. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on. It's you know it's it's always so interesting to hear the stories of how people progress from those early days forward. Um, yeah. I know the majority of our listeners are so interested in that, and. Um, yeah, every person we interview has a very different and unique story, so it's just fascinating to hear. Mm. Cool. And Brian, I wanted to say, uh, make sure I said, give our love and congrats to Viv uh, for oh, yeah. getting her own space. She's She looks great. She's doing good yeah, stuff. Yeah, she's, she's uh, killing it at the minute. That's and awesome. Also, yep. congrats to you and your wife on the babe. Thank you. Thank what you. A beauty. Yeah. Good job. Bit of a life change, but uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no <you>. kidding. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, cool, guys. Thank you so much for Great coming on and sharing guys. with us. Yeah, yeah really so good. Much. Thanks. Appreciate All right, it. So, so to everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please go ahead and give it a rating on iTunes. That really does help us out. The Shopstall Podcast is available on iTunes and most other podcast apps. My name is Robin. Joe and Brian, thanks very much for hanging out. Obviously, Audie and Ivy, thank you again for being on the show. Take care, everyone, and we will see you in the next one. See ya. See you guys. See ya. Thanks again.